Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Hey everyone, we're so excited that you've taken time out of your week to join us in the midweek, uh, either online or through our podcast. We're so grateful that you are with us tonight, and we are going to continue in our study of Paul's letter to the Galatians. Over the last couple weeks, we've been walking through this verse by verse uh, in chapter one, and so tonight we're going to be in verses eight and nine. We've seen Paul kind of just head right into the issue of what the church in Galatia is dealing with. A lot of times in Paul's other writings, he might admonish them. There might be a prayer of thanksgiving at the beginning of his letter. But here he introduces himself, he speaks to them, and then he's right into the issue. And this issue really is based in false teaching that has been leading that church astray. And it shows us, and it applies to us today, about keeping ourselves gospel-centric and following the true message of the gospel, not simply the messenger, because this is the rub, this is the conflict that the church that Paul's writing to in Galatia is what they're facing. So we're going to see a little bit of that and get a glimpse of that in verses 8 and 9 together tonight. So let's read those verses together right now. Paul's letter to Galatia, Galatians chapter 1, Verses 8 through 9. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. The Apostle Paul is strong here in his language. He's strong here in his intent. He wants them to get the idea. He wants them to get the picture. So why is Paul so direct? Is is this just simply hyperbole or overstatement? Uh, What is Paul's deal with this? Well, the apostle is so direct here because he's concerned. He is concerned for his children. You see, Paul sees the church here as his spiritual children and that he's their spiritual father. We see evidence of this in Paul's other writings. 2 Corinthians 6.13 is an example of Paul reaching out to his spiritual children, wanting the best for them, wanting to instruct them. But here he's very adamant. He's very to the point. He's very direct. It's kind of like me and my baby girl, Bess. She's in the kitchen, and she's reaching in cabinets. and She starts to, to meddle, as you know little kids can do. There's going to be a time where she's going to try to shut that cabinet too hard. And I have to I have to be very direct. Hey, watch your fingers. Don't smash your fingers. And so Paul is being he's being direct as a, a spiritual father to the church in Galatia here. Those that he has led to the Lord already, those that he helped start the church in this this place, this important place in the ancient day. And so just like I would say to my little girl, hey, watch your fingers. Don't smash your fingers. Paul is saying, don't go to another gospel. Don't don't follow 
someone else that has a, a different gospel. And, and, and Paul, his principal concern is the message that's being given to the church here. He directs believers to be awed, not by the messenger, but by the message. He doesn't want them to be awed by the messenger and the credentials that the messenger has. He states that it is the message preached that gives the messenger the credentials, that validates the messenger. So he's saying here, you, you can't listen and be awed by the credentials of the messenger. You have to let the message validate them. And Paul is saying the message they're given is contrary to what I have already passed on to you. I've passed the baton of the true gospel on to you. I've laid it in your hand. And you've taken hold of it. You've received it. And now these false teachers are coming along and they're distorting the message. And that's Paul's major concern. So that's why he's so direct. That's why he's so adamant. Because the message cannot be changed. Why? If it's got a little bit of the gospel in it, if it's got a... This, just enough Jesus is okay right now. And that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that if the message of the gospel, the true gospel is distorted in any form or fashion, it jeopardizes the souls of men and women. And that's what Paul is concerned about. He's concerned about that for his spiritual children. He's concerned about that for the mission of the church in Galatia moving forward. He's concerned about that for the kingdom being built here on earth. That is his concern, and that's why he's so direct. That's why he's, he's getting to the point here. And as he gets to the point, he gets to our hearts. And it applies to the church today that we have to hold on to what the true gospel is that we have to hold on to and share the true message of the gospel. Paul says that even if an angel of heaven were to preach a different gospel, that a curse would be upon him. Even an angel, so for Paul, it doesn't matter if the messenger is earthly or angelic. They must turn away. He's telling them they must turn away from a law-based teaching because the gospel is a grace-filled good news message that it is by faith alone in Christ. But what's happening here is that these false teachers known as the Judaizers, they're layering the gospel with tradition-based steps. And Paul is saying no. They, they are distorting the message of the gospel. Hold on to the gospel that I have passed on to you. He, he's showing them even an angel from heaven above, if it's distorted, if it's taking away from the message, then in essence, it's saying that Jesus is not who he said he was, that Jesus is not the Messiah. And so that's why Paul is so direct here. And he's pointing out that a perverse teaching is a cursed teaching. Too much is at stake in Paul's mind. And the same is true today. Too much is at stake for the church today to distort or to look at the gospel in a different light. No, hold on to the true gospel of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done by faith alone, that the grace of God may abound. He continues in verse 9. 
And Paul wants to make sure they hear what he's saying. Let's revisit it. As we've said before, I now say again. Paul is continuing in this manner of, of letting his spiritual children know that he's telling them again. He's telling them something they need to understand, that they need to grasp, that they need to hold on to. It's kind of like a parent telling their child to clean their room or a parent telling their child to take out the trash. Maybe you've been in that situation as a parent and you've told the child three times to do something. And so you, you go forth and you say, I'm not going to say this again. Clean your room. I'm not going to say this again. Take out the trash. And once again, we see this relationship that Paul has with his spiritual trash. The spiritual father, he says, I'm saying this again. So listen up. I'm letting you know what I've already told you before. I don't have a problem telling it to you again, but you need to start listening. You need to hear what I'm trying to say. And so what Paul does is he really goes back to the beginning. And we see in Acts chapter 14, verse 7, that him and Barnabas brought the gospel to this place known as Galatia. And that is where he's told them the truth of the gospel and shared with them the true unfiltered, complete gospel. And now he's going to say it again. Now he's letting them know once again what it's all about and that they've already received this. And this just shows how, how serious the matter is for Paul. Paul. Paul's moving right into the problem. He's moving right into to speak to what the false teachers are saying to show his spiritual children that this is a serious matter, that you can't distort the gospel. You must hold on to the truth of it. He says, you've received this. That's what he says here in verse 9. If anyone has preached to you a gospel contrary to what you received. So one element that's, that's happening here is the tradition-based element. The, the false teachers are, are adding these layers of tradition to coincide with and be built on top with the gospel. And what Paul is saying here is that these traditions, he, he really is just counteracting their teaching on tradition and saying, look, I'm an apostle, and he's going to go into that in the next in the next section. I'm an apostle, and from the apostolic tradition, the true gospel has been shared with him. So you don't need to follow what these false teachers are feeding you. You don't need to follow along and take in what the false teachers are giving you. No, from the apostolic tradition, the ones that have been face to face with Jesus, we are passing on to you the true gospel. That tradition is the higher tradition. So what Paul is doing here in his argument, he's counteracting the tradition-based teaching of the false teachers. And he says, you've already received this. It's kind of like when it's time to, to upgrade your car, right? You've driven your car. I was talking with someone this week, and they I noticed they had a new truck. And I said, hey, I saw you driving around your new truck, and it looked really nice. And they said, well... You don't drive like my old one did, you know, so that can happen sometimes. But, but I went ahead and asked him, I said, well, how many miles were on your old truck? 280,000 miles. I think he got his money worth out of that one. But sometimes we just got to upgrade that vehicle, right? 280,000, 300,000 miles, just time for an upgrade. Some maintenance issues happening, maybe time for an upgrade. 
what Paul is saying here. He's saying to, to those in Galatia, he's saying, you don't have to upgrade. There is no newer model. There is no better model. There, there is no model with more bells and whistles that you need. You don't have to upgrade. You've received from the apostolic tradition the one true gospel, and there is no upgrade. There is no version 2.0. There is no other newer model that you need to sign up for. No, you've got it. Hold on to it, and don't let false teachers take you away from it. Paul is being direct here with his spiritual children, but it's serious matters. And it's still serious for us today as the church that to build the kingdom, to continue the mission of the church, that we must hold on to the true gospel and we must guard against distorted false teaching just like the early church. We must know God's word in order to live out and share the good news of the gospel. A couple of takeaways I want to give to you today, and I hope they're portable for you. Maybe only one really speaks to you or is, is right there where you're at in your journey. So maybe you hold on to that one, but I want you to be three takeaways that are important for the Christian life as we move forward. First, the message credits the messenger. The message validates the messenger. Don't allow the messenger and how smart they are, all the credentials they have, etc., distort the message. No, make sure that the message is not distorted and let that validate the messenger. There's a lot of teachers out there. There's a lot of preachers out there. There's a lot of folks out there. And then with mediums just like this one, all sorts of messages are being blasted out nonstop. But as a church, let's hold on to the true message of the true Savior, the true good news of the gospel. Secondly, just what I said earlier, there's no newer model. You don't have to upgrade to gospel 2.0, gospel 3.0. You don't have to upgrade, okay? You don't have to download a new version for your life. No, the true gospel from the holy word of God, that message is good enough. It will always be good enough because it's the perfect message of the perfect Savior. So trust in what you have received, just like Paul teaches the church in Galatians. Trust in what you have received as the true gospel and proclaim it to someone. Finally, the message is a serious matter. The message is a serious matter, and that's why Paul is so direct here. And it reminds us that the message matters because the eternal souls of men and women are in jeopardy. They're in jeopardy of being separated from God, condemned to a place called hell. That's what the Bible calls it. And so the message is important. The message can't be distorted. It can't be watered down. The message of the gospel must be proclaimed. So may we as the church, as disciples of Jesus, may we proclaim that true merit message because it is serious. I hope these verses challenge you today. I hope that they also encourage you to know that you've received the true gospel. But if you haven't ever trusted in Jesus, I want to challenge you with that. I want to challenge you to turn to God's word. I want to challenge you to find someone to talk with about the gospel so that you may know the true gospel of who Jesus is 
And you may admit that you're a sinner. You may ask for forgiveness. You may repent and turn away from that sin. And you may believe if by faith alone in who Jesus is. If we can help you in any way, please send us a private message. Please comment on this video. Please reach out to us. We want to journey with you where you are so that you may know the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Lord, we praise you today. And Lord, we ask that you would help us recognize that the message validates the messenger, that we may hold on to the gospel that comes from your holy word. And also, God, may we understand that it is a serious matter, and that we would be faithful to proclaim it for your name and for your glory. God, use us in a way that only you can get the credit for. We pray this in your powerful, precious name. Amen.